I'm Erica. And I'm Lori. And today we are just talking about, well, our week, I guess. Erica, how was your week this week? What did you guys do? Anything fun? Are you enjoying the leaves? Do you have foliage up there? Like, is it beautiful? It's peak. It's peak nice. foliage. And actually, it's been peaked, so it's actually probably going to fall off. <laughs> No. Um, but it's been really nice, but we haven't, we have not been outside enjoying it as much as I would like, um, unfortunately. So that's kind of on my, I actually had to write that down. I was like, uh, go outside. <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> I just haven't gotten to it. Hey, but I if spent, you, uh, if you want. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. No, no, it's okay. I mean, you know, we interrupt each other. That's what we <laughs> no, no, I... I spent all week driving hither and thither because my son's shoes are too tight. And so we live in this small town. So we have two thrift stores and we have one shoe store. And I always go to the thrift stores, obviously, because kids outgrow shoes. Like, you know, they might fit in for three months. Who knows? So the thrift store didn't have any. So then, but I didn't want to go to the shoe store yet because that's just a whole nother level. I mean, you know. I don't want to buy brand new shoes if I don't have to for somebody who, like I said, is just potentially going to outgrow them in, you know, it's not even going to last a season depending on the, you know, season of growth he's in. But anyway, so then we drove to the next town, which is like 20 minutes away. And there's uh, like a, a Martins, which is, you know, do you know what a Martins is? Yeah, you know what a Martins is. Of course I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, you know, the discount, the discount sort of place. And then... That's a hit or miss because you just never know what they're going right. to have. Well, they didn't have any shoes. And so then I went to the shoe store next to it, which doesn't carry kids' shoes. Then I went to Tractor Supply being like, well, why not? It's the only other store in town. <laughs> no. So they don't have any either, and there's no sort of stores in that town. So then I drove back home. This is all in the same day. I drove back home, went to the shoe store, being like, whatever. The kid has to have shoes that don't hurt his feet. Well, they, he needs wide shoes, and guess what? They don't carry them. So he tried on the only shoes they carry and they don't fit. So anyways, I feel like this is, that was one day, but I feel like that was my whole week because I think it's been like consuming my brain, like looking online, wondering if I should order shoes, not knowing if they're going to be wide enough for it. It's just, anyway, that's, that's how boring I am. How was your week? Well, no, that's, that's like regular parenting because my week was not that much different. So First of all, I'm like, check eBay. But I guess if you don't know how wide they are, then it's hard because you do want to, you don't want to buy new. But I had a very similar problem this week, actually. Um, Besides getting out, I like forced myself to get out. I worked double time on Wednesday so I could go for a bike ride Wednesday afternoon because I was like, this weather is gorgeous and we it's Maine. So the fall time is spent either with like rushing to get all your firewood stack or rushing to get your butt outside before the snow comes. So like, Right. I was I was getting myself outside. But same idea. We we silly us, we didn't pack our snow pants when we, you know, went west and uh we're traveling around and so we've come up here and we thought that we would probably find something and be able to unpack everything before winter, right? Because we were coming we got here in July. So I was like July, August, September, October, right. November. We got we got time, you know, to find something. So we didn't pack snow pants, but they were in the back. So all of our stuff is in this cargo trailer. We actually have two cargo trailers. Um, one is tools. This is this is the kind of family we have. One entire cargo trailer is tools, and the other one is household stuff, which is ninety percent of that is books, and my couch. And so, the I was like, it's okay. The 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 uh, the winter pants, the snow pants, which are a necessity in in this state, 
um, the are in the back. Pants. I'm just going to call them that. Winter pants forever. There's, do you have any winter pants? And you wear them You wear them around the house, and they're like, shh, 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 shh. And you're like, what is that sound? Those are my winter pants. <laughs> okay, continue. So Sorry, that was I good. thought they were in the back of the cargo trailer. So I was like, it's okay. You can open the back of the cargo trailer up, and you guys, there's the totes, lines of, a line of totes. And those totes have the clothes the boys have outgrown because I am not rich. So when we moved, I was like, we're taking the clothes that, that we're going to pass down. Like used children's clothing is in this trailer. And um, and there's a tote of snow pants. And there's a tote of winter coats. So my husband gets in there this past weekend. So last weekend, he gets in there and he pulls stuff out and he texts me. And he's like, there are no snow pants in any of these totes. And I'm like, oh, man, eyes, are you serious? And he's like, no, there aren't any. So he sends me pictures. He, he FaceTimes me. I check. I'm like, there are, they're not there. And so I was like, forget it. Just grab the winter coats and forget it. And he's like, do you want me to dig in towards the couch and the piano? And I'm like, don't you touch, do not touch the piano. Don't touch the couch. I don't want anything damaged. No, just no, no, no. Just take the, the winter coats and we'll, we'll call it a loss, you know? So he goes back. We, we now have a ton of winter coats, which I'm super thankful for because they're not cheap. But we don't have any snow pants. So I spent the week trying to find snow pants for seven people without spending a flipping fortune. Uh (laughs) It was like, this is ridiculous. And then my kids were like, I don't have, I need a pair of pants. Or my husband who's like, I need some long johns, you know, and I need Uh wool socks. And I'm like, ah, winter clothing is so expensive. But yeah, same idea. I was on multiple online stores. I didn't do the whole go to town thing. I thought about it. I was going to go last night, but I hate shopping. Yeah. So I was like, I yeah. really don't want to go into town. And usually it's a hit or miss. And I'm shopping for seven people to try to find a specific item. So normally it's easier just to go online. So I spent a significant amount of money on clothing this week, which I'm kind of freaked out about. Yeah. We all have our so. winter pants now. So That's it. You got your winter pants. Um, that, this reminds me, this reminds me so much of uh, when we first moved up here. <laughs> so I, cause I heard you mention long johns and it was like, you know, oh good. You know, she's, she calls them long johns, which is what you're supposed to call them. So we moved up here and, um, Mike needed, he needed long johns so that, cause he was going to be working outside all winter. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I need to get some long johns. So we walk into this. So like the hardware store in town owns like another, like a sporting place. So like they have, it's mostly like fishing and hunting gear, but then there's like, you know, camping supplies. And then there's like really nice boots. And so they have like those sorts of things, you know? So, and it's the only place in town that would, if they had long that would be the place. And you'd, you know, you'll pay, you know, an arm and a leg, but whatever. So, we go in and I, I don't know where the kids were. They must've been my parents, but we go in and he's like, let's go in here and see if they have, see if they have any. So he walks in and it's like a teenager working the counter, you know, and Mike, who is from, well, he's from the Midwest. So he says things, you know, interestingly sometimes. And he's, he's been listening to this, by the way, he's, he's been listening to this podcast. This just makes me cringe. So now I'm wondering if he's like, oh, she's okay. Throwing me under the bus. Okay, but anyway, uh, he walks in and he looks at this teenager working behind the counter and he goes, <laughs> he goes "Do you have long? <laughs> he goes, Do you have long underwear?" <laughs> this 
skin looks at him like well my word but like what is happening right now like this weirdo is coming in here asking about my underwear and I was just like that's and and I could tell that this kid like didn't know what to do because he's just like this blank look on his face and I said they're called long johns and he goes oh Holy cow. Anyway, that, it just cracks me up because it's, he could still to this day calls them long underwear. And I don't know why. Well, it's that's not, another name for them. them. They're long. It's not, it's not a good underwear. name. <laughs> it's not a good name. <laughs> well, my, oh, you're my scaring favorite the young people. If you're ever looking to buy some online, you, you gotta like, what do you put in the search box? You know, long John just doesn't really actually, you know, I'm, I'm totally going to check that right now to see if it works but like it's it's a base layer like that's what base layer bottom like that's what it's called online base layer bottom yeah, that, but, but I'm, that's I'm never put, been called that until like it's never been called that until marketing and like now right. being sporty is like really cool it's like cool to ha- it's like patagonia land it's like we're gonna charge you three million dollars for this shirt that you can wear when it's chilly <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know? Oh, it does. It works. probably long the ones that called it. Basically. Oh, okay. So if you search for long johns, basically you get all base layers, top and bottom. Um, oh, good. See? Hold up. There you so go. So it, it totally works. But yeah, I sent, my husband went to town to buy, he went to town to buy because he went, they, um, him and one of my sons backpacked Bigelow last weekend and they were going to spend the night on the mountain. So he was like, it's going to be like 40 degrees out. So I would like to have a pair of long johns with my, you know, with my pants that I'm sleeping in so that I'm not freezing my butt off, which I totally agree with him. And so he was like, I'm going to go to town to get some. So he went up to town and he went to all of the places you could go. And I was like, well, go here and go here and go, you know, I sent him to like Eddie Bauer and to um, TJ Maxx and stuff. And he was like, he came back with nothing. And he was like, the only thing available he goes was at Eddie Bauer and they were like 60 bucks. And I refused to spend that much money on a pair of long johns. He's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm just going to freeze. <laughs> 60 bucks. Could you imagine? I'm like that's, that's yeah, ridiculous that's people. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, well, so you know, when, when, when my, that's good. When, when my son was little, don't tell him this. He was like four and it was like really cold, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I was lamenting that he didn't have any long johns. And so I borrowed a pair of his <laughs> his sister's tight. And I was like, here, I found some long johns for you. And the kids were kind of like suspicious. <laughs> they were like, those don't look like the, the long johns you would normally hand. Those don't look like my daughter's. Like, those don't look like my long johns. And I was like, these are long johns. They're just normal long johns you wear under your pants. It's great. It's going to be, you know. And so, like, I sort of, like, convinced him. But you could tell his little four-year-old brain was suspicious. Like, <laughs> about this seems odd <laughs> I was like let's not stay in this conversation too long just put yeah. these on and you're going to be nice and warm and we'll does, never does, speak you, of it again <laughs> does it make you uncomfortable that you lied to your child is that what you're trying to say well I don't feel like I it wasn't so much a lie as much as it was a parental persuasion that, oh, I feel like that's nice. like that should be tacked on to like the you know Jane Austen's novel it's like new version parental persuasion 
Nice. You know, sometimes Very you gotta cool. get things done. I mean, I didn't lie. I never mm-hmm. said these are long johns as you know them in the traditional sense. You know? Okay. I said, well, so when you're these will work. When your teenage daughter uses that same logic on you, please don't get too mad at her, okay? Because she's just practicing for being a parent. <laughs> she's already, she is already, and I blame you entirely for this, working through her Me? logic course. <laughs> yes, you. Because <laughs> she's working, she's working through her logic course, and I cannot say anything to this. And she's not like, she does not have like a, a snippy attitude. Like she's just like totally normal interactions, and we'll be eating dinner. And I'll say something and she'll go, mommy, that's a, that's a fallacy. <laughs> and it's like, well, listen, <laughs> I, I cannot like, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, but it's good. It's a, it's a very respectful sort of, um, you know, rebellion. There you go. As long as it's respectful, logic. as long as it's respectful, like she's respectfully correcting you in an appropriate situation, you're not in public or something. Like, that's the one thing with my kids is I'm always like, don't correct me in public. Okay. Like, I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that, that humiliation added to my life. Um, but you can right. correct me on the side. I'm okay. As long as you're respectful about it, you know, and she's, she's getting older and stuff. So is she doing logic now? Like what's going on in your homeschool? Like we've been talking about personal life, which I don't know how oh, you no. have time during the day. We'll need another time. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm a bit like midnight doing like errands and all the, the par- things that parents do, you know, behind the scenes that nobody knows about, like budgeting and paying the insurance bill and, and finding long johns in, in the winter pants online. Um, <laughs> I don't know. During the day, it's all like we have school and it's significant. And I was I was silly because I have a lot of friends who have who are homeschooling, but I was one of them who mentioned that her son was working really late into the evening sometimes. And, and I was just thinking, yeah, I think, I think my kids are doing that a little bit. And I thought, I don't actually, I don't know if my kids are working into the evening. And I was like, I think he's balancing his schedule pretty good. Cause I don't really see him working late at night. And so then I brought it up to him, my son, Josiah. And I'm like, I'm like, you're not working really late in the evening sometimes. Right. And he goes, and he goes, well, a lot of nights I'm up. I was like, I am the worst parent ever. How did I not know that? How did I not know that you're up at night doing your schoolwork? Like when I'm sleeping, I'm totally in bed or I'm shopping or something like online. Like you're still, you're still up and it's, he's, it's not every night. So it's one of those like, well, I guess I'll write that down in my bullet journal that I need to talk to my children about their actual schedule and make sure they're not doing school for 12 hours a day. Like that's a little overkill. No, ours, ours doesn't turn out that way. I mean, Granted, my kids are younger, but the Clara is the only one that sometimes has to go beyond, like into the afternoon. But I don't know; it doesn't really work well for us because you know, like you hit a point in the day where it's like we need to be done. Right? Like we literally have mm-hmm. things to do. I mean. Like yesterday, I, we got a new sign for our church made, and I feel like it took a long time to, ha- to get it done, but the, there's only one sign guy in town, and so he's the sign guy for everything, and it's a college town, and there's a lot of businesses, and it's a thriving little place, so there's signs all over, so like he's legitimately busy, but regardless, I, like I had to meet him at two o'clock, and it was like, okay, well, I need you to be done, because I need you to be present like I needed Clara to be present with her siblings while I'm out of the house. 
Right. So like, I'm not going to be like, oh, concentrate on your math while I go and do these errands. Because it's like, and, and I feel like this is what happens. Like, we have other things that have to get done. And granted, I don't want to be out of the house a lot, nor do I think I should be. But I mean, we like, we just kind of hit a point where it's like, yeah, we need to be done with school for the day. Like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't go well. Right. And then like, you know, my husband gets home from work around supper time. And I mean, he's working two jobs. So like, he's not going to be like, oh, yes, you, I won't see the kids because they're still doing school. Like, we can't do that. So, I mean, at this point, things are fairly tame because we sort of just draw the line, honestly. Right. right. Well, and you and you determine your family culture. So, like, as I think about it, like, my son is not doing school from 8 in the morning until 10 at night. What's happening is he's starting his school with us. We, you know, we start at 7 with symposium, and then he leaves at 8 to go start his school, and he works, and then he takes a lunch break, and he takes – he might take the dog for a walk or something. And then he does a little more school in the afternoon. And usually he does like his heavy subjects in the morning. In the afternoon, he does like his writing or his, you know, he's typing up his papers and doing some editing and, and maybe some science. And then he stops and we have dinner and we hang out, we play games. And then in the evening, as everybody's calming down, he'll sit down at his desk and pull out something that maybe he didn't quite finish all the way or pull out his reading for his literature class right. and do his reading and, and write in his commonplace books. So he's learning to manage his time around life, you know, and making learning part of his everyday life. Like he was able to this Wednesday, I told you that I went out for a bike ride on Wednesday. Right. You know, I teach, I teach three math classes on Wednesday and then I have to do all the editing and uploading. So the students have it and all the things and answer questions. And, and instead of a lot, Wednesdays and Thursdays are a really busy day, but I, um, but I was like, dude, the weather is beautiful. Thursday is super busy. I have four classes on Thursday. There's no way I'm going to get out on, and my son is violin Thursdays and stuff. So it's just, there's no way. But Wednesday I was like, okay, if I do this and do this, I can kind of lean it this way and I can take a break to go for a bike ride and I'll just finish this other stuff later when I get back. So I said, I'm going to go for a bike ride from this time to this time. Does, you know, anybody else want to go with me? And my son, who who is the oldest, who has the most work, was like, no, I don't, I can't go. I'm too busy. And so I was like, oh, you know, that's not what I want. My desire is that he would be able to take time to do fun things like this. But then I started loading stuff and my husband decided he was going to come with me, which was a special treat because it was later in the day. It was like five o'clock. Um, and uh, he comes, Josiah comes running and he goes, he goes, nope. He goes, I've decided I am switching my Spanish. I'm going to do Spanish this evening after we get back. So he goes, so I get to go. He's like, I really want to go biking. So I'm going to do it. I'm just going to adjust my schedule. And it was like, no. yes, you know, that's what I want. I don't want him doing work on the evenings to be a norm, but I do want him to see it as I can do a little bit of work in the evening. If that means it frees me up to do something fun in the afternoon that I, that I can only do in the daylight, you know, and the same with the weekends where I have some kids who have to do a couple things over the weekends because they chose to do something else during the week that pushes that item into the weekend, you know? Okay. And, so here's and getting them here's to understand a practical, that. Right. Well, here's a practical question for those of us who are not already in that mode, mm -hmm. because I hear that dynamic and it makes me want that for my family. Right. Who are younger, granted, but you're in a young stage for quite a while. So my right. oldest is 12. And so she's, you know, seventh grade and she's, she's 
responsible. Like just even just her personality, she's naturally responsible. So if I say to her, here's your assignment, you have to write this essay and it has to be done by the end of the week. I, I don't have to remind her 50 million times. She, she does it. She knows she has to do it and, and it gets done. Um, right. But where, how do you, but like, if I say, if I say to her, oh, well, we won't have a designated school time like this, this, it's nine o'clock and the bell rings and, and now it's school time from here to here and, and other things don't exist. If I go from that and I say to her, here is what you have to get done today. So just so you know, and then I see her off riding her bike or whatever. Um, realistically, what's going to happen is it's going to be four or five o'clock and it's going to be like, oh, I forgot about my school. Oh, do I have to do all of it? And, right. and I feel like that would be consistent with all of the other kids. And, you know, Maurice is 10, um, Mabel is eight, and then Cecil is seven. So really Cecil's school obviously is, is quite a bit shorter. Um, aside from his math, I mean, he's just basically in reading. He's just doing group time with us. So, I mean, it's not like a, a load of work, but how do you go from, and I mean, like practically speaking, how do you go from those beginning stages of giving responsibility and navigating through to the point where they actually are just moving things around on their own? Right. Okay. Tell so me. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, everybody's, first of all, every child's a little different, right? So that like uh, Mabel is not going to proceed through that the same as Maurice. Okay. She's probably going to do it faster, but um, because she's a, she's a girl and she, and you just told me she's very respectful and she's very responsible and she'll do her work. Um, but it's, it's a progression. So right now you've got, you know, all the younger kids and they're doing school at a set time. Like my 10 year old who's doing school, he's done by one o'clock every day. That kid never has to push stuff into the evening or the weekends. You know, right. if he's having a late day, it's because we did something in the morning. And so he has to work till three or four in the afternoon because we did something in the morning or we went on a field trip or something. And, and if we were on a field trip, usually I just say, you don't have to do that stuff today. Like I can push it right. off. Right. Um, like he doesn't do schoolwork on co-op day or whatever, but as they get into middle school and high school, so she's in like the seventh grade, which is, I consider that seventh grade year to be the gift of time. So mm -hmm. She has this year to kind of start to figure out, you know, what she wants her school to look like and what you want her school to look like and how responsible she's going to be. And so what I do with my guys, and it seems to have worked so far, I mean, I, I think in some form of this stage, except for my youngest, who's still doing his school until one, um, is that I, I work with them to create their schedule for the week. They have a syllabus that tells them what they have to have done by the week, and then I sit down with them once a week and we figure out what they're going to do each day of the week. So I help them figure out okay. what they're going to do for each day. So we plan, instead of planning a, a day at a time, like my youngest, I might say, these are the things you're going to do today. Like you probably say to Cecil, you're going to read this today and you're going to read this today and we're going to read this together and we're going to do this project together. And he right. didn't know before the, he got up that morning what was on his list, right? But right, right. my older kids, not only do they know what's on their list for the day before they get up, they also know what's on the list for the week and they also know what the entire year's scope looks like. Like they've been part of that whole time. So they kind of have an idea of this. So I meet with them and we set up their, their daily schedule. And then we 
I start to say to them, okay, well, we have symposium until eight. And then you have from eight to nine 30 is what we call personal enrichment time. So you can either start school or you could do something else. You could take the dog for a walk. You can go for a run. You can go for a bike ride. You can, you can sit and read your fiction book for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Okay. I'm not going to harass you in that hour and a half. Um, but after that, you have to be doing some schoolwork and you have a set list of things that you need to get done for the day and they need to be done. So as we start that, so in eighth and ninth grade, as the, as she's starting to build the habit of getting her schoolwork done, in my household, my I have an eighth and a ninth grader. They both have a list of things they have to get done by the day. They don't do a whole lot of schoolwork at night. First of all, they don't have a lot of schoolwork that would that would require that at night. But they're mm-hmm. also they're also they have less freedom to move things around. So when I and I have and I have both sides of this. I have the one kid who refuses to take a personal enrichment time. And he just goes right into his schoolwork and he starts at eight o'clock and he just works straight through and you never see him taking a break and he's going to just work really hard and he front loads his week. So our weeks, uh, weirdly enough, start on, on um, Wednesday. So mm-hmm. he or Tuesday, I guess. So he does his heavy days are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And those days, like he works really hard those days. And then Friday, he works a little less hard. And then on Monday, it's like halftime for him um, because that's the way he has designed his week. So he just, he goes at it and he's, he's, he's great. The next son who is older than him, um, doesn't front load his week, which is fine. He doesn't have to, I don't require him to do that. We do the grid together, but that's the son who I'm always, if I see him sitting outside, like I'm looking at my window right now and I see, um, Caleb, who's number four sitting out by the Mm -hmm. fire pit with his younger brother. And he's, they're not doing schoolwork right now. And I'm not concerned because it's Friday. I kind of know it was on a grid. He's probably done or really close Mm -hmm. to being done because it was Friday and he didn't, he doesn't schedule a lot for himself on Friday. His older brother, whenever I see him sitting around like with a clipboard, drawing a picture or outside during the day, I'm my, I always see him. I'm like, how are you doing? He's like, good. I'm like, how are you doing in your schoolwork? And then he'll tell me, I still have this to do. And if he's on an electronic device, I'm like, if you still have trumpet to do, or you still have writing to do, why are you using the iPad? Like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. You go to your schoolwork. So he doesn't have the freedom to be like, I'm going to go biking and then I'm going to come back and do my writing because he hasn't built that habit of responsibility yet. And he hasn't gained the freedom to change his schedule that much. If he wants to make an adjustment to his schedule, we do it together. He comes to me and says, Hey, I want to do this. Like Monday is, I guess, technically a holiday. So we wouldn't normally take it off, but we're going to take it off and we're going to go leaf peeping because it's beautiful. And as you said, you guys are in peak. So we're going to go west and um just for a day not very far but we're gonna go hike in the mountains and so i told them all we want to go hiking on monday so let's make sure we adjust our grids so that we don't have a lot of work on monday so you don't have a lot of school work on monday so they've all worked really diligently this week to make sure they can have monday off because the older kids because their syllabus is made for the whole year it doesn't build in a single day off just one day they either get a week off or they don't get any day off at all right so like they have three lessons in math to do for a week. If they have Monday off, it's like, well, you still have three lessons to do in math that week. Like that doesn't change. So they're learning time. I guess this is a really long answer to what your question is. But for us, they're learning time management skills. And in seventh, eighth, ninth grade, they're getting some freedom in the sense that they get to set up what they're doing each day. But they don't have the freedom to just move stuff around. By the time they're in 10th, 11th, right. and 12th grade, they can make those calls because they've built that, that responsibility and that reputation. Like 
oh, he has a reputation for getting his work done. And yes, he doesn't always do it 100% to the way I'd like him to do it. But generally speaking, if he says that that he has gauged his work for the day and he can move his Spanish and so he can take an hour bike ride with me, then I'm going to trust him on that. Like, that sounds great. Let's do it. You know, that's good. That's good scheduling. So it seems like it seems like um, what makes sense is to not. Well, and we've talked about this like for years and years. Right. This this problem with homeschool moms becoming a slave to their curriculum. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I think no matter how we fight it, we tend to err on that side. And I think that's definitely one of my big downfalls is because what happens is I have somebody like my daughter who's very independent, very responsible, and also who's a morning person. So she would like, she'd like have her school done by eight o'clock. Like, um, but what I'm doing is I'm saying no, because, um, in my brain, I look at her because we do sex and math and, and it's this big fat textbook. And, and it's like, well, you did lesson 15 yesterday. So today you've got to do lesson 16. And it's all very metered out. Um, but it's very mundane and it leaves very little room for um, having a sense of accomplishment and independent responsibility. Um, because what I'm doing is I'm mapping out every day. So you're, right. you're, I guess what I'm getting from you is that she needs to be starting to be set on her way to learn how to manage her own time, right. knowing the responsibilities in front of her. So really, she should be more privy to what she has to know for the year. Exactly. So what you should do, okay, so I, I have two things. One is, in this in this time of transition, that's when he was in this transition, he came to me and said, Hey, traditionally we do school first thing in the morning, but he's a night owl. And he said, he said, I still want to do school in the morning, but I really want to do my reading at night when I'm in bed, when I'm comfortable. He's like, I'm more awake. I'm more in tune to what I'm reading. He's like, it's quiet. It's less distracted. He's like, is it okay if I push all of my reading into the evening time? And I was a little hesitant because I was like, well, are you going to be able to get it all done? What if you fall asleep and stuff? And he was like, no, I think I'll be okay. So I was like, well, we'll try it. But I made one compromise. So we're learning to make compromises. And um, I said, okay, but my request is that you would read Tuesday's reading on Monday night. And you would read Monday's reading on Sunday night. That way you have it done before the day. You know, that way if, if something happens or falls through, you can you can make adjustments. You have the freedom to make adjustments because you have a little buffer. Right. So he did that. And honestly, he did that his entire high school career. And it was never a problem. Never, not yeah. once. So what, mm-hmm. what I would do with Clara is um, I would take her Saxon book and show her how many lessons there are and say, there's 145 lessons. Is there something like that? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you would say, you know what? We just want to get this book done by the end of May. That's all we want to do. Um, you, you just need to get the book done by the end of May. And then you would, you would then back it up and say, okay, you need to get 145 lessons done by the end of May. Plus however many, do they have tests that are on top of that? Yeah. They do, right? Yeah. So let's figure it out. So you basically are walking her through how you would have scheduled something. So you say there's 145 lessons, there's, you know, 10 tests that you're going to take. That's 155. So let's figure out how many lessons a week you should do in order to be done by the end of May. And so... Mm -hmm. 
she can go through that and you can go, okay, well, you have this many lessons left and it comes out to like four lessons a week or something. Say, I don't, I don't actually, right. um, between now and the end of May, like she might have to do four, maybe five lessons a week. So you could say, okay, you're supposed to do between four and five lessons a week. Let's say if you do, uh, four lessons a week, it's because one of those was a test. And if you do five, but typically you want to do five lessons a week, then she's kind of taking ownership of this and writing it down and going, oh, so if she, say she gets done with her schoolwork really early on like Thursday, she's done at noon, she could choose to do another lesson in math so that she doesn't have to do math on Friday. Like she would have the freedom to do that, right? Because she knows what the plan is for math. You guys discussed it. You did the, you did, you quote unquote did the math on it, right? You calculated how many lessons she had to do. She, you guys laid it out and she was like, all right. So by the end of this week, I have to have through lesson, you know, 48 done. And so I've done 46 and 47. If I do lesson 48 on Thursday afternoon, as long as it doesn't conflict with time, I'm supposed to be with the family or something else I'm supposed to be doing. I could get that done. And then I wouldn't have to do any math tomorrow. I'd have Friday off for math. So starting to show them that there's actually a benefit in a, um, a reward for working diligently and getting your work done early. Cause a lot of times as homeschoolers were like, Oh, my kid got home with his schoolwork by 10 o'clock. So I just gave him more. And it's like, well, that doesn't seem very fair. Right. Well, so here's the question. Here's, here's the question. And, and I know that this is controversial. Well, I'm not really controversial, but this, this could be either construed as, wow, you are a, just an utter failure. <laughs> or it could be like, oh, I'm not the only one, right? So um, let, let me just paint a picture for you. And I'm probably completely, I'm completely hijacking this, this um, time we have, which is limited. I know. No, this is great. I'm loving it. It's a, we're going a little long though. So we'll, we'll end after we talk about this last question. Okay. So, so the, the question is this, I, I think when, cause I went to public school. And so when, when you grow up in public school and, and everything is so structured, not necessarily within the educational frame, obviously, I mean, how many classes did we spend with our heads on our desks? Because, you know, little Johnny was throwing spitballs, but you, you have such this, you, you know, you go to school, you get on the bus at seven in the morning, you don't get home at, until 2.45 and then it's like snack and then it's supper time and then you have homework and then it's like, oh, I get to watch TV and then it's bed, right? So like, that's pretty much your whole day. So now here we are homeschooling and I don't know what it's like to live in the parameter of as a homeschooler. I don't know what that feels like. Yeah. So my... I have sort of this skewed vision and it's also, I think, a fear of like, we don't know what to do with that much time. So if I hand, if I hand, for example, like, okay, so the three younger kids are done school by lunch. Okay. They're, none of them are allowed to use a tablet or use the computer until three o'clock. I've just determined that that way it, because there's a natural limit then. Okay. So, um, um, they have, you know, some free time and they build Legos because they're younger. So really it doesn't take much. It's like, oh good, I've been wanting to, you know, color in this book or whatever. So, but let's say that I hand, I, you know, I'm, I'm teaching Clara, who is 12, independence and taking personal responsibility for her time and for her work requirement. And let's say that we do what you suggest. So she, I say, here's what you have to get done for um, the week or here's what you have to get done for the year. And so 
here, now you've determined this and then you wanted to do extra math this day so you don't have to do it tomorrow. I have this fear of too much time then, too much time on their hands because we're, our family culture is that it's, it's simple. Like it is, our life is very, very simple. We, I can't manufacture things, productive educational things for them to do with their time. We don't run a farm. Um, I can't, I mean, we can't afford music lessons. Um, we don't have clubs and groups that we're a part of. Um, they're super resourceful and helpful already around the house. You can only dust so many times in a day. You can only do the dishes when there's dishes to do. You can only prepare the meal when there's a meal to be prepared. So like outside of that, with that simplicity taken in, in mind, what happens when you have a daughter who's gung-ho and is like, oh, she got her work done. It's nine o'clock in the morning. We're just starting school with the other kids. She's already done for the day. Um, what happens to me? What? Well, it depends on the daughter. So my first suggestion would be you, you ask her, hey, if you had an entire day where you didn't have to do school, but we all did. So you could essentially do your own thing. What would you do with it? Ask her. You know, because then in well, that in that moment, you know, in that boredom, what is it they say? Boredom, I don't know. It's it's um, idle hands of the devil's playthings. No, that's not where I was going with that, Erica. No, all right. <laughs> I did have that thought when you were talking. No, she wouldn't be bored. That's the issue. Okay, so Pascal says that the greater a man's intellect, the more uniqueness. It's not uniqueness though. Uh, the more uniqueness he finds in humanity. Which is to say that as she's learning these great things that you're teaching her and as she's learning these great things on her own, if she's given time, she's not going to, to use it in dumb, idle things. Now, she's a kid, so she's learning, right? And with responsibility comes great freedom, but it also comes with a great risk, which you're giving her more responsibility, which means you need to give her some more freedom, which means you're also going to give her the opportunity to risk things and, and mm-hmm. not use her, her time wisely because that's part of the learning process. But ask her, just say, what would you do? And then encourage her and say, well, is there something you have always wanted to try? Is there some recipes you've always wanted to try? Is there um, something you would like to learn? Maybe she gets earlier access to the iPad to research something, to learn about something else she's always wanted to learn about. You know, so right. ask her, just say, you know, what would you do with the time? What would, would you just, I mean, I'm like, I would just curl up on the couch with a good book and a cup of coffee and some chocolate and read all day. And it would be the best day of my life. Um, but eventually she would do something else besides that. But even if she does, why not? I don't know. Like this, see, this is, this is the dilemma because I'm coming from a frame of mind of if you don't have something productive to do, then you're being idle. And how long do you get to be selfishly idle? Like, am, am I just a total legalist? Because this is what happens in my head is like, why are you sitting down right now? Like, are you sick? Why are you laying around? What are you doing? And now she's a writer. She's like very creative. She's learning guitar. Um, she's not like, she's not idle in like a negative sense. But if I handed her six hours to be like, you just, just do whatever you want. She would just listen to music all day. Okay. And I'm sorry, but I like, she can't have headphones on all day. It's, you can't isolate yourself from your family and from, from life. 
for hours on end. Like that's not healthy. So that if she would, you know, sorry, go ahead. But are those other things put together? Okay. For a child to do all day. Like if she spent an hour reading and then she spent an hour writing and then she spent an hour listening to music and then she went outside for an hour. Like, was that, was that, and I think, you know, I'm just going to play, I'm just going to play into, um, um, comparative reasoning here because we are like homeschool nerds. I mean, how many books have we read on education? How many videos have we watched on too many, too many? And you see all of this production like this. And I mean, productivity is what I mean. Like you see all of this and it's like, well, my, I'm building a forge and my kid adopted, you know, 27 goats or they've started their own business because they are so productive in their free time. And he's seven and he's already made $10,000. Like you see these things. And realistically in your head, it's like, well, that's not the norm. But for some reason, your brain goes there and it's like, what, what is your child accomplished now since they're a homeschooler? What have they accomplished? And it's like, I don't know. She just made 27 lists of her favorite movies on paper, but her penmanship is really good. Like, this is what's happening over here. You know what I mean? Like for, for all of us families who and maybe I'm a minority and I just don't know it, <laughs> but like for families who are not signing their kids up for things and driving them to places and having them take these courses and, and doing all of these things, because a lot of families who homeschool are on one income and depending, you know, on that income, that also can really shape a lot of your official opportunities. So like how much is too much? You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, I, I totally questions? know what you're saying, and I'm, and I think um, I'm going to leave you with a thought to think about, and even the, our, re- our readers, our listeners, to think about. Um, so it sounds to me like what you need to do is you need to list all of the expectations that you have of your kids as they come into more freedom. So, like, don't talk to Claire about it yet. Just think about what we talked about with the progression of having more responsibility and more freedom, because. The fact of the matter is there are some days you can't work your head on. She can't practice her guitar for six hours in one day and count off the next six days of guitar practice. You can't do that. You can't go for a walk for three hours and count off the next three days for walking. You can't like you do that every day. So there are some things that she would do every day regardless. So she wouldn't be spending seven hours, you know, with her earbuds on, but she would she would have some more time for other things. So like list out those things. Like she still has family chores. She's still pulling her weight. She's still doing all the things that she's supposed to do. She's still interacting with her siblings. You know, those things don't go away just because she gets her schoolwork done early. So I'm, we are like super over time, which is going to be the norm for us. I think (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm super shocked that we went over time. I can't even, I can't even get it. So I'm going to, we're going to have to say goodbye now. And we're going to just, we will talk more about our week and maybe, maybe Erica, you will have that list for us so that we all know how to give our teenagers a good schedule oh, and expectations for every day. I didn't know I was going to have homework. So this oh is yeah. Hey, this is a homeschool <laughs> podcast. We're schooling or learning. There's homework. Okay. But you can do it at night. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> good. Okay. Bye. Bye everybody. Thank you.